Tell you what we could do tonight. Uh, after the lady sang, uh, we could take a vote on uh, what she sang. I mean, I will. I mean, I will. I'll go anywhere he wants me to go. I will do anything he wants me to do. I will. Josh will too. And his wife. I know them. I've known them a long I talked to them at Tabernacle Bible College. They will. He will. He will. And I'm your there's some others here that will. But either we are or we're not. It's just I mean things with God and Bible are pretty simple. We either will or we won't. And I don't want to make anybody mad, but that's pretty good preaching. I didn't do it. She did in the song. Pretty good. Uh, 1 Kings 17 tonight. 1 Kings chapter 17 is a familiar story of David and Goliath. Most of us know it. Uh, we heard it when we were children uh, growing up. Uh, let, me, let me think, whoever, nobody will own up to this. But uh, I went and picked out a suit today, and somebody from... Whitfield Baptist Church paid for it, or together y'all paid for it, and I really do appreciate that. Uh, I don't. I think the last person bought me a suit was my dad, and he's been dead for 26 years. He bought me something that's in Bible college, but I really thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. You didn't have to, and I really appreciate that. And ladies, I appreciate the food that was cooked tonight, and I haven't eaten it yet. Mine's in a box, and I hope you don't go to the fellowship building and steal it. That's mine, and I'll eat it. I'll eat it in the hotel room. Because I told you last night, this stuff scares me to death. And just eating makes it worse. So I eat after, not before. That's just crazy whatever it is with me. First uh, Samuel chapter 17. Now the story's David and Goliath. We know that. It's about a young boy that be the giant. Now, the story to me is always, I've got giants in my life. I got them. You do too. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you got giants keeping you from getting right with God and getting saved. I had them before I got saved. I really liked drinking alcohol before I got saved. I did. I'll be honest. I did. I enjoyed smoking marijuana. I did. That was a giant. I kept saying, I'll quit, I'll quit, I'll quit. Never did. Until I got saved. Then I quit. Just like that. Gone. God took that away. But that's a giant. And it's real. I know people tonight that are hooked on this stuff. And it's really real. I mean, we can stand back. If you've never done it, praise God, my brother. If you've never done that, and you look up and say, how do they do that? It's easy. Really easy. We got giants. I'm saved. I've been saved 47 years. There's still giants in my life that want to stop me from serving God. Want to stop me from giving. Want to stop me from going. And unless you're perfect and almost in heaven, you do too. We all got problems. We just look real good on Sundays and revivals and things like that. And we smile and folks say, how you doing? We all say, good. But a lot of times we ain't 
doing good. Everything's upside down, and we're miserable, and the youngers are sick. Me and my wife's been in a fight. It's awful. We say we're good. I remember one time we went to North Carolina. I was preaching. We was on deputation in 78 or 79. We went up there, and y'all never done this. I know. We're driving up there, and we're getting a fight going up there. They say, no lie, deputation, I got to preach, so we're sitting back there, won't even look at each other, much less speak. So the preacher looks at me and said, come on up here. So I'm up here and I'm looking right, I'm sitting right there looking at her. And I'm thinking, God, how am I going to do this? I can't preach. So you know what I do? I got up. Whoa, I didn't fall down. And I went back here. I said, sweetheart, will you forgive me, please? I've been through Bible college. God accepted with B-I-M-I. I'm going to the mission field. I still got matter, but y'all are perfect. That never happens to anybody but us. We all got problems. We all got problems. And if I'm not careful, my giant will destroy my work for God. I'll let things get in my heart, in my way, and God's will will be out there. I'll be here, and I really want to do it, but something's between me and out there with God's will. Something's doing it. And in this story, let's read eight or nine verses. I'm not going to read the whole story because my reading's not that good, and I know you, you can read it at home. If you'll promise, you'll read it at home. Now, the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle. And were gathered together at Sholo, which belonged to Judah, and pitched between Sholo, Azekiah, and Ephesdamon. And Saul and the men of Israel gathered together, pitched by the valley of Elah, and set the battle in array against the Philistine. The Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. They went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines, named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of brass upon his head. He was armed with a coat of mail. The weight of the coat was about 4,000 shekels of brass, 5,000 shekels of brass. He had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target brass between his shoulders, staff of his spears like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and one bear to shield went before him. So you got a battle. Got two sides. Philistines and the Israelites, they never got along, and they fought off and on all the time. And a battle, a war, it's life or death. Life or death. You, you go to war to kill most of them as you can, so you'll win. It's life or death. It's that way today. We're in a battle. God wants us to do what he wants us to do, and sometimes we don't want to. Souls are in the balance. Life or death. Folks in Indonesia will die without God if that couple does not get there. They'll die. They'll go to hell because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. It's a battle, and Goliath is the giant. Now, everybody in this chapter saw the battle in a different way. Everybody saw it in a different way, and we do too. We look at the battle of getting a missionary to the field, the battle of us giving to get him there, and it's always a battle. Now, Goliath was looking for somebody to fight, and Israel was looking for somebody that would fight. 
because they were scared. They were defeated, scared, absolutely to death. You got giants. I got giants. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to clue you in. You know this already, but your giants are bigger than you are. That's why they call them giants, folks. They're bigger than us. Goliath, great big guy. I think he's probably 9'9". Nine, nine. Makes a kill old deal look like a boy. 9'9". Nine, nine. That great old big wrestler, 7 foot 4 or 5, make him look like a young'un. Big guy. Now the battle, the side of the battle, is you got Israel on one side. You've got the Philistines on the other, and there's a valley in the middle. I picture it like this. You got Tennessee all over here on the mountain. Over here, you got Georgia. And they're dressed in red and black and all that, and them crowd over yonder. They're in orange. I reckon it's orange. Okay, they're over here. And in the middle is a valley. That's what's happening. I mean, really, of course, like football, it's like it's war, but that's what it is. And then this Superman shows up, a guy named Goliath. I studied him some, and this guy should not have been there anyway. He's one of those ites, you know, those Gittites and Hivites and Itites and all those ites. He's one of them. Should have been defeated before now, but they didn't, so he's still living. Our giant needs to be murdered before, just as soon as we find out what it is, who it is, get rid of it. The sooner, the stinking better. Get shut of it quick. He's nine foot nine. I can't imagine how big that is. His hardware, they tell me, is brass, copper. And they said if the sun was shining on him, that he would just shine in gold, the color. So they're looking at this guy, nine foot nine, copper honored, copper armor covered his body from head to toe. The, the stuff he had on, I studied it, it says weighed 175 pounds. What he's wearing? Good Lord, 175. They said the head of his spear weighed 25 pounds. But to top it all, he had a mouth to match all that. And he stood out, and he defied God all month long. Twice a day, he come out defying God. That's what the devil does to us. He scares us. He runs a giant out there that's bigger than anything we've ever seen. He's got a great big spear, and i got a case pocket knife. And he's out there, and I'm here, and I look and think, oh, can't do that. That guy's too big, and Lord help, he's running his mouth. I can't do that. That's what he was doing to this one. Israel bought into that all day long. He'd come out there twice a day, morning and evening, relentless, trying to intimidate the Philistines not to fight. He does us the same way, same way. When I wake up, sometimes some days I wake up, he's sitting right there. I want to slap him, but I can't find him. I may be the only one. I don't know. Twice a day. And he was successful. Israel was scared to death of him. Scared to death of him. And sometimes we get scared of the devil, and we ought not to be. Jesus, the devil, is no match for Jesus Christ. 
None at all. None at all. And yet we let him. But notice these supposed soldiers of Israel. They're just old GI soldiers. They're in the army, whatever. They're just GIs. Government issue. That's what that means. That's what they were. They were schooled to fight. They knew how. They had armor. They had swords, spears, all that stuff. They dressed up like they had uniforms, put all that on. They looked real good. But I'll tell you, you'll never find out when a soldier is really a soldier until the bullets start flying. Then you'll find out if they are, if they're not. They were not. Verse 20. You know what it says? They put the battle in array. You know what that means? We, we do it today. We do it today. It's called Tristone. He does it with Stephen Underwood. Because George always went to Tennessee and he drives Underwood crazy. And that's good. Stephen deserves it. That's good. All they did, the Philistines are here, Israel's here, Goliath goes in the valley and looks at him and says, I'm going to whip your fatty. And the Israelites, they say, no, you ain't. It's like God used to be on the playground when you was in school. And they'd say, I'm going to whip you. And he'd say, oh, they'd draw a line. Y'all never draw a line until you cross that and we'll fight. And the guy back up, well, cross this. And that's where they were. They didn't want to fight. They scared. The guy you've got to worry about is the guy who walks up in front of you, don't say nothing to you, and pops you upside the head. That's the guy. Go worry about. These fellas did not want to fight Goliath. They're scared to death. They got swords, armor, everything. They ain't fighting. We got Bibles. We got conferences. We got good singing. We've got everything we need. God help us, sometimes here we sit and we won't fight. I hate the devil. I hate the devil. I hate him. He ruined 24 years of my life. He almost destroyed my son. I hate his guts. But they were scared. His size made them scared. His spear made them scared. And his speech made them scared. They were organized and planned but they would not fight. That's the soldier, but their commander was Saul. Saul's condition, he's out of the will of God. He likened David, he said, told David, said, you can't do it. This guy's a man of war from his youth. You're just a kid. You're just a punk youngin'. You can't do it. Had a sin problem. I wrote this down. Please don't, 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 don't be upset with me. 40 days. They allowed this giant to defy God. Forty days. Their God, while they talked, read blogs, sent emails, went to countless conferences, and then went back and sat down and would not fight. Now, I'm for blogs. Hallelujah. If you want to write one, you write it. I might read it, and I might not. I'll be honest with you. Guy with our board asked me, he said, you read my blogs? I said, no. He said, really? I said, no. I said, if I read all I'm going to have time to read my Bible and talk to God. So no. Write a book, I'll probably read it. We need to, I mean, it's war we're fighting. I mean, I looked at them pictures and I thought, Lord, I, I sit there and wept. Really? 
I mean, we took, we took Mile Creek Baptist, come from Scotland, took Mile Creek Baptist Church, had missionaries in all the time. Me and my wife would sit on the front row, missionaries like Josh. In fact, we supported Josh, Mile Creek, I think. We hadn't, we should have. And we'd sit on the front row, and I'd watch guys like Josh play slides, and teardrops would hit my legs, and they would hurt. And I'd look at God while them slides were going, and I'd say, God, would you not let me do this one more time? Get me out of here. Send me somewhere. Please, God. This is war. It ain't no game. It's a war. And I went to Vietnam. They shot real bullets and real rockets. Folks died. This is this. They're going to die, really, and go to hell, really. And they're scared. Glory to God. Can I tell you a secret? God's always got somebody. There's a shepherd showed up one day. Little kid. God always has a man. God always has a man. He always worked it all out. You be that man. Can I challenge you? You be that man. God knows where. God knew. Nobody else knew where David was at all. Nobody cared. But there was a God in heaven exactly where he was. And when time come for David to show up, God said, David, now it's your time. God's always got somebody. Always got somebody. You say, well, how, how, how did God do that? Just God and sheep. Solitude, that's how. Nobody bothering him, just him and God. God talked to him. He talked to God. God gave him psalms and he wrote them down. Secrecy, unknown, unappreciated young man. Sameness, day by day, ordinary, usual, and he used it. He did not waste his time doing a lot of Chuck, you talk to God, let God talk back. What we need to do as children of God is study this and say, God, I'll do anything you want me to do. I don't care. Speak to my heart. I'll do it. I'll give it. I don't care. David, all by itself. I wrote this down. I didn't think about it. Too good for me to ever have thought of. God's arrangements, God's appointments work hard where you are. You take care of the development, God will take care of your employment. Glory to God. I wish I'd have thought of that. It's so good. You work where you are. Study that thing. Study that Bible. Pray. And when God's got a place for you, God will say, all right, Josh, time to stop this. Get back to Indonesia. That's exactly what happened to David. Exactly. When I quit asking God to send us to the mission field, you know what happened? Okay, dummy, now it's your time. I'm going to let you go to India. I didn't say dummy. I hope he didn't. He might have. He knows me. No one but God knew about David. God knows you. God knows where you are. God knows what you're thinking right now. God even knows what you could do if you let God use you. God knows. He does. I ain't lying. God's God. The path of David did the fight. He was sent. His dad called him, said, David, don't you go to the battle, take some cheese to your brother, check out how's it going. You know what David did? He said early, early got up and went down there. And you know the coincidence of it all? He said he got there right on time. Ain't that amazing? 
You see, if I listen to God, and when God says, all right, Doc, time for you to get up, go do this, I'm just going to get up and go on, and I'll get there right on time. Do your duty. God will work out the rest. So he got down there, and he saw these Philistines, and he thought he was scared to death. He looked at them, and their faces wide, and they're doing this, and playing with the beard, and all that stuff. They're scared to death. And then that giant comes out and dishonors God, and then David's saying, what's wrong with these people? What's wrong with his crowd? He looks at Goliath and says, ain't not much to him. He's so stinking big. You couldn't miss him. I mean, anybody give me a hit? He ain't too big to miss. And they're scared. And there's this little boy. But see that little boy? It's what you're talking to God. And that Goliath didn't mean nothing to David because he defied David's God. And David knew God could handle that nine-foot-nine mouthpiece over there. He persisted in spite of his family not, bothering, not loving it, his, in spite of discouragement, in spite of disdain of others. His family was malicious. They didn't really like him. They accused him of being arrogant and being down there because just seeing what's going on. Let me get up. I said this moment yesterday, but I think it's worth saying again. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do what God wants you to do. Don't let them just put you in discouragement. Don't do it. All the reason they're saying is they're too stinking scared and they ain't thinking right. If God's put it on your heart, you can do it. You can do it. I mean, God, if I can, anybody can. If you can, you don't even have to see to do it. Now, we, we got married. I ain't been saved no, no time. And we go to church. I, I ain't, wasn't very sociable. I work at it now, but I wasn't sociable at all then. I went to church, and I loved church, but praise God, when church is over, I'd go home. Football was on at 12.30, and I'm going to the house. So the preacher would say, me, and we sit down close. I'd get out and walk out. I'd get up, walk out the back door, and go get in the car, and wait on her. Didn't talk to nobody. Didn't want to. That wasn't me. I, you know, I told her one time, I said, I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you. And I did. Done it once. I ain't an idiot. I done it once. <laughs> I am not stupid. I done it one time. I went to Tabernacle. I didn't go because God called me to preach. I went because I was an idiot. Didn't know the Bible. So I'm over there and I go early and I go upstairs in the Sunday school room. And every night I'd pray. And every night I'd end my prayer. I'd say, I'd say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Don't care. Whatever you want me to do. I don't know, it was, I'd done it two or three months, I guess. One night, same Sunday school room, same prayer. I get done, I say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And it's just like God walked in the room, tapped me on the shoulder. He said, son, don't you preach. I got up, well, that snow school was over, and I got caught. I was, I was scared to death. I asked her, I went home, told her, and she said, I knew it. Told my mama, mama said, I knew it. And I thought, well, why didn't y'all tell me? When I was scared, she'll tell you, I was scared to death. I started tabernacle. Somebody, you know, back then they used to wear brown you know, shirts like this gentleman's got. And I went over and I had whatever she throwed out, I put it on. And uh, one night some of, them, some of the students come up to me in second or third year. They said, you need to wear a white shirt. And I looked, I didn't what color I had on. I thought, why? They said, you need to wear a white shirt. 
preacher's wearing one of those shirts, and he started on. I said, listen. I said, listen. I've been saved about two years. Some mornings I wake up wanting to smoke a Marlboro, and I can smell smell liquor. So don't worry about, don't even worry about my shirt. Let me worry about something serious. Right? Can I worry about something serious? Forget my shirt. They looked at me like that. I, I could care less. I didn't, God called me to do this. God put David where God wanted David. If God's telling you to do something, you listen to me in the Bible. You can do it. God would not lay it on your heart if God didn't want you to do it. And the devil sure didn't lay it on your heart. Serve God. You know it ain't the devil. It's God. You can do it. Say my wife won't like it. Ask her and see. Ask her and see. How do you know? You know, man in here knows a woman anyway. I mean, how do you know? That woman right there, we've moved probably 18, 19 times. She ain't fussed yet. She decorated tents, sit there and like it. God's called you. He'll take care of you. He'll send you. So David shows up. David, verse 34, walked into Saul and said, I'll whip a jar. No problem. I can do it. So I can do that because in the past, God got him out of trouble. He had done served God by his triumph, by his trust. David succeeded because he was not afraid to face the giant. Didn't fear the giant. I'm not saying he had no fear. I'm saying he trusted God enough. God take care of it. I'm not going to stop. Serve well with the sheep. Super soldier ashore, baby. You just serve the sheep. When God's got ready, you go somewhere else, he'll take you, he'll tell you, he'll put you right there. He had confidence in the present. The verse in Isaiah 43, 1 and 2, if I hadn't lost it. Isaiah 43, 1. It's a great verse of scripture. It says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. That's God talking. He said, I tell you, Isaiah, I redeemed. I, I saved you. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art my. God knows my name. God called me. God knows your name. He knows your middle initial. God knows everything about you. Look at verse 2. Or listen to it. When thou passest through the water, I will be with thee. God said that. He said, when you go through the water, it's getting high. For God's sake, don't worry about it. I'm right here with you. Look, you'll see me. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. That's God talking. Now, David didn't, re David didn't read that, but he believed it. So David goes to the faith. He's positive about it. Gets his slain. Verse 45 and 46, he told, he told Goliath what he's going to do. He said, I'm coming out there. I'm coming in the name of the Lord. I'm here in God's name. He will deliver you to me. And David ain't walking back. David is walking toward Goliath. And Goliath is already down in the valley because he started out there. If you don't kill a giant, he'll get closer to you than you want him to be, and he'll keep coming. So Goliath, David is down there in the battle. And we know the story. He gets a sling, pops that right, right between the eyes. He hits the ground. David gets his sword and cuts his head off. 
Don't realize that's how to handle a bully, don't you? Just cut his head off. He can't bother you no more. And I know you're, you're sitting there and you're thinking, yeah, I know all that, but that was David. My name's Leroy. My name's Jim. My name's Arthur. I'm about five foot ten. Five foot ten, we're about 140 pounds. David might have been a little shorter than that. Probably weighed about the same. And you're thinking, nobody knows me. Mom and Daddy don't got that much money. Nobody in my family got much prestige. Nobody knows anything about us. And that was David. God uses common people. Study the Bible. God uses common people. Common people like us. Ordinary, obedient people. It's who God looks for and who God uses. Consecrated people related to him and relying on him. Committed. In spite of obstacles and opposition, they're committed to God. That, that's who God's looking for. Courageous people. I think sometimes you just need to just say, God, I'm just going to step out. And if you don't want me to go, just, just stop. That's what Dan Truex said all the time. Josh would tell you that. Dan Truex said, just you start going. God don't want you to get there, he'll stop you. I think it does a lot of good. Just take some risks. Trust God. I mean, don't be stupid, but, you know, take some risks. Trust God. See something in your heart that God's done. God is saying, all I ask of you is five smooth stones and a sling and faith, and I'll take it from there. <laughs> I like that. You don't have to wear somebody else's armor. You just trust me, and I'll strip you down to nothing but faith. See, we got stuff we can, sometimes God puts you in a corner. Ain't nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. Nothing you can do. I mean, y'all, y'all, our son, he got on dope, drugs, everything. Crazy to bad. We did all we could do. We raised him right, prayed for him all the time. But I couldn't look at him and get saved for him. I couldn't make him do right. I couldn't make him do nothing. God did all of it. That's what David, that's what God is saying to us. Strips us down and doesn't but faith. Then I'll accomplish a great victory where I get all the glory. Nobody in their right mind would think that David could be Goliath. Everybody there thought, my goodness, look what God did through that boy and will. That nine-foot giant, what we need is more giant heads showing. Really? Say, I trusted God. Look at this. Look at this. My giant is dead. You got him. I got him. Now, I'm not lying. I told you I spent a lot of time scared. I, I have. I have. Scared absolutely to death. Church I pastor, we had a guy still a hundred, hundred probably hundred ten or twenty thousand dollars. And I thought it was over. I thought that's it. Shot, church will blow up, everything's gone. We lost two people. He went to jail and his daddy did too, and that's it. He said, Boy, you must be something. I ain't nothing. Like Jason said, I got a God that can do anything. But I'm of this opinion. It's time that we said, I will. And, and I know it's true, but I, I will. I can't get away from I, I, The latest 
I mean, I will. I mean, I got a T-shirt at home and Under Armour says I will on Friday. I will. And I enjoy what I'm doing. I'll get to wherever you want. And in your heart, if you're saved, you, you need to say the same thing. I will. But quit saying, oh, I'm scared, or oh, God, I can't do this, or my young ones have got to raise them. They'll be all right. They'll be fine. Them two teenagers, that was real, they'll be fine. Ain't going to hurt them. I mean, my daughter, she went through Scotland. Jim was born there. They odd, but they ain't weird. They're good. Poor them at all. They have kids in Indonesia, have kids all over the world. They say, I will. Your mom and daddies need to look at the young'uns and say, if they want to go, I will too. They can go. Grandma, they do the same way. Let them go. I mean, I miss my grandchildren, miss Jim, and all that, but, and I'm sure him and Miss Connie, they miss, but you know what I mean? We got eternity. Come on. Eternity. Shoot the bullet in eternity. Serve God now and enjoy that. And I'm sure them two right there, they got four or five of them. I will. I wish some of y'all would. I, I, I wouldn't be preaching like that. My wife would tell you that. I wouldn't be preaching like this if in my heart I didn't think somebody here needs to be on mission field. I thought that driving up here Saturday, and I'm not Oral Roberts. My name's Jim. I can't see into the future. Best life there is serving God. That's right. And I think on top of that, most fun I ever had in Scotland and right now. Teaching people that don't know nothing about the Bible. What this says. Introducing them to the real God. Father, we love you. What a great place to be tonight. Well, we thank you for the good singing. It just blessed our heart. Thank you, Lord, for this good crowd listening to me ramble around tonight. I thank you for them. But God, I pray you you know you know why I said what I said. And God, I ask you to take the word of God. Apply it to our heart. Uh, help every one of us here tonight. Say, God, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. Just, God, I am available. I don't know what's in store. I'm in middle school, high school, my years before, but I'm willing to go. I pray, God, you'd help us to say that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.